0: reading for today is found in luke chapter 19 verse 1 through 10 if you'd like to follow along it's printed in your bulletins jesus entered jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy he wanted to see who jesus was but because he was short he could not see over the crowd so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since jesus was coming that way when jesus reached the spot he looked up and said to him zacchaeus hurry and come down i must stay at your house today so he hurried and came down and welcomed him gladly all the people saw this and began to mutter he has gone to be the guest of a sinner but zacchaeus stood up and said to the lord look lord here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Buenos dias.
1: La lectura de esta mañana se encuentra en Lucas, capítulo 19, versículos del 1 al 9. Jesús llegó a Jericó y comenzó a cruzar la ciudad. Resulta que había ahí un hombre llamado Saqueo, jefe de los recaudadores de impuestos, que era muy rico. Estaba tratando de ver quién era Jesús, pero la multitud se lo impedía, pues era de baja estatura. Por eso se adelantó corriendo y se subió a un árbol para poder verlo ya que Jesús iba a pasar por ahí. Llegando al lugar, Jesús miró hacia arriba y le dijo, «Saqueo, baja enseguida, tengo que quedarme hoy en tu casa». Así que se apresuró a bajar y, muy contento, recibió a Jesús en su casa. Al ver esto, todos empezaron a murmurar, «Ha ido a hospedarse con un pecador». Pero Saqueo dijo resueltamente, «Mira, Señor, ahora mismo voy a dar a los pobres la mitad de mis bienes, y si en algo he defraudado a alguien», le devolveré cuatro veces la cantidad que sea. Hoy ha llegado la salvación a esta casa, le dijo Jesús, ya que este también es hijo de Abraham, porque el hijo del hombre vino a buscar y a salvar a lo que se había perdido.
2: You, Jessica, and Oscar it's um it's nice to be in such a grand pulpit here a little bit of a change such an aerodynamic one too you see we're ready and it comes down here with a vending machine you can't see no i'm just kidding we don't have that we don't have that not not yet not yet Uh let's pray together let's pray Lord, we thank you for the stories that you give us, the true stories that you give us in your word. And we're praying now that this one would come alive in our hearts. That Jesus, you would be alive to us. And we're asking for your help because we know that in our hearts we have so many different ways of resisting you. And we're praying that you would overcome our resistance You would help us to respond to you, to see you for who you are, and we're praying that regardless of what kind of background we're coming from, whether we're hearing about you for the first time or the 10,000th time, so we're coming to you asking for your help. We know you're going to give it, so we look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to bump into Jesus on the street? What would that be like? Just imagine you're walking down maybe 14th Street, not too far from here, minding your own business. Maybe you're on your way to work, or maybe you're dropping by Target. Maybe someone you know is sick, and so you're having to run by the pharmacy at CVS having to get some medicine for someone that you know, your mind is full of someone else, you're in a rush maybe even, and you encounter someone, maybe you've heard of him a little bit, maybe you've heard of him a lot of bit. Maybe you know exactly who he is once he starts engaging you. Maybe you have no clue who who this stranger is and why he's talking to you. But what do you think you might have said and done? What do you think he would have said, and done. You know, the great thing about the Bible is that we don't have to do a whole lot of guessing about what passing encounters with Jesus might have been like. Because we have story after story of just that. Sidewalk encounters with Jesus. Sometimes Jesus would offer a stranger an unbelievable gesture of love. Sometimes he would get into an argument or a debate with them. Sometimes a person would talk with him and then walk away happy. Sometimes disappointed. Did you know that? Sometimes even angry. But whoever they were, all of them were ordinary people having an ordinary day when suddenly they have this extraordinary encounter on the sidewalk with Jesus and their lives were changed. And so over the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at different sidewalk encounters with Jesus. Eight different interactions with him that ordinary people just like you and me had a long time ago, but maybe not so different from ourselves. And the first encounter that we're looking at today takes place on a street in the ancient city of Jericho, but it might as well have been somewhere in Columbia Heights, right? And what we find in this story are three things that we'll run through quickly. Curious feature of this story that tells us a lot about ourselves and a lot about who Jesus is. What we find are a searching scoundrel, a surprising friend, and a changed life. A searching scoundrel, a surprising friend, and a changed life. So, first, a searching scoundrel. When people think about the main character in this story, Zacchaeus, oftentimes, I don't know, people are thinking or picturing someone kind of like Danny DeVito or maybe Kevin Hart, right? Uh, A little bit annoying, kind of eccentric, lots of unintentional comedy, and really short. But the truth is, if you're understanding a little bit of the background of this story and who Zacchaeus is, there actually wasn't anything goofy about this guy at all. He was a wealthy man, but he made his wealth by overcharging people on their taxes. He was a tax collector, and he was straight up a thief. He was talented. He was a chief tax collector, a supervisor of other tax collectors in the region, which meant he was a very skilled businessman, a manager of people over the years. He had climbed to the top. And he was tough. He had to have been. He worked for the Roman government, which made him an absolute traitor in Jewish society. That he was working for the very nation and government that was oppressing his own people. Zacchaeus would have been hated by everyone. This wasn't work for wimps. Which is exactly why it's so stunning to see this man wanting to see Jesus so badly that we find him climbing up a tree. You see, he's not doing something slick or cool like a mountaineer. He's not posing in the tree like the dude on the Old Spice commercials. There's nothing cool and handsome about what Zacchaeus is doing here in this moment. Especially for a person of prominence in a traditional culture like this. He was making a fool of himself. He was making himself weak. He was undignifying himself. Why? Because he felt like there was someone to see, and he wanted to see him that badly. See, some people are poor on the outside, but rich on the inside. And that describes some of you. Other people are rich on the outside, but poor on the inside. And maybe that describes some of us too. It certainly describes Zacchaeus, materially wealthy, educated, comfortable, but spiritually broke. And he knew it. And that's why he's climbing a tree. Didn't care about looking so foolish because this is how bad I want something that I don't yet have. Do you feel like that today, dear friends? Wasn't acting like a tough boss? Was abandoning his pride? You see, do you understand that the number one thing that keeps us from embracing the Christian faith and the number one thing that keeps us from growing in the Christian faith is our pride. Is our unwillingness to just do whatever it takes in a vulnerable and weak sort of way to get a glimpse of the true Jesus as He really is. So what's going on in your life, dear friends? Are you starting to climb a tree as it were. Are you starting to see bankruptcy on the interior of your life? Maybe you're not able to manage the hard circumstances that you're facing any longer. Maybe you're starting to see because of some pain or tragedy in your life that you don't have as much control as you thought you did or as you try to have. Maybe you realize that you're just broken on the inside, not able to love people or care about the world like you want to or like you try to make out like you do. Faking it through life and tired of living like a fake. Some internal hunger, spiritual thirst. Maybe a scoundrel, yeah, that's me. But a searching scoundrel. Is that you? So he's climbing a tree. And do you realize that is what it takes to humble yourself, to come to the point of saying it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter if they don't get it. It doesn't matter if I'm ridiculed. It doesn't matter if I believe things that maybe I didn't used to believe or maybe that might seem kind of foolish to believe. I want to know Him. And I'll do whatever it takes to know Him. Where are you at today? Or where Jesus was at was coming down the street, maybe quicker than Zacchaeus thought he might. And almost comically, suddenly, maybe as Zacchaeus didn't expect Him to, Jesus stops under the tree, looks up, and sees this silly-looking figure who, after all, was a prominent man in that society, holding on for dear life in a tree, hoping to see the grand visitor in the local community. Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. Verse 5, we're told, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down. I must stay at your house today. It was a stunning thing. Such a stunning offer, invitation, command that Jesus puts before Zacchaeus that the people start muttering and gossiping about it later on. It was scandalous. Why? Jesus said, I'm coming over to your house. We're going to eat together and I'm even going to sleep over and be your guest. You see, in Jewish society, quote-unquote good people weren't supposed to eat with tax collectors or people like that. You see, because a meal was never just about eating food. The meal symbolized intimacy and, and unity. To share a meal was to say, you know, we're, we're more the same then we are different. We're human beings, meaning if you stop eating and I stop eating this meal, we're both going to die. To share a meal was to be a peer. To share a meal was to share your life. It meant you were friends. You see, Zacchaeus Had a lot in life. This is the amazing thing. The key has had a lot in life. But Jesus gave him the one thing he didn't have. And that's friendship. Friendship with God and friendship with other people. And some of you today know how badly we need that as human beings because you're dying without it. Do you know a God who doesn't just come to you To communicate with you from afar. Who doesn't just come to you simply to give you a spiritual experience or a spiritual high. A God who doesn't just throw moral codes and moral laws at you. But a God who says, I want to eat with you. Do you know a God who says, I want to stay at your home, have a meal, be in your life, and get this, for you to be in my life. Oh, what a different picture of salvation that that is than what a lot of us carry around with us. Salvation as eating with the God of the universe. That's the invitation of the gospel. Have you heard it before? Have you said yes to it already? It's a story of grace, my friends. Jesus says I would like to see if you would be open to me staying at... No! I must stay at your house today. I insist that I have a relationship with you. Do you know a God who chases after you, pursues you, wants to be in covenant with you? Jesus didn't wait for Zacchaeus to clean up his life. Didn't say, hold on, okay, nice meeting you, but why don't you make these changes first, and then once you've done that, let's get back together. Then I'll give you a theology exam and a white glove test in your life, and then we'll talk about eating together. No, Jesus said, I'm coming over. You're mine. Jesus didn't wait for Zacchaeus to come to him. Jesus didn't wait for Zacchaeus to invite him in. He lovingly intruded, and this is what the grace of God does in my life, in your life. Has it happened to you? Has he happened to you? Because it doesn't matter what you've done, dear friends. I don't know your lives. I don't know your past. I don't know what you're embroiled in today. It doesn't matter how blind you've been. Maybe you see yourself as a good person, but you're starting to see, just starting to see, that the worst thing about you is your arrogance and your self righteousness. You're so stuck on being good, and that's the ugliest thing about you. Are you starting to realize these things in a way that's making you hungry, in a way that's making it the most satisfying thing for you to possibly hear? And that is a God who says, I'm coming over. For dinner. The end of the story, Jesus says, After all, I came to seek and save the lost. Are you broken today, dear friends? Jesus is looking for you. Are you feeling powerless? Jesus wants to share a meal with you. Are you lost? Jesus can find you and save you. This is the surprising friend that we have in him one who meets the searching scoundrel and exceeds everything that he could have dared sought after and offers him the very thing we most want, friendship with God and with one another. And this changed this man, Zacchaeus, and it can change you too. What we find at the end of the story is an absolutely changed life. In verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and he said, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. This too is surprising. It's not what we expect You see the joy in Zacchaeus' life. In verse 6, he welcomes Jesus, not begrudgingly, gladly, joyfully. And now, because of the incredible outpouring of kindness and grace upon his life, the surprising love of Jesus, now in Zacchaeus' home, Zacchaeus' life is saying this, because you love me, I'm going to change. Not, not, I'm going to change so that you'll love me. This is the way most of us think God wants us to relate to him as. This is the way most of us can tend to be stuck in the way that we relate to other people as well. Whether if you consider yourself religious or not. Friends, do you want to change? You don't need another self-help book. You don't need just more self-discipline to get over the things that Zacchaeus had to get over. Greed. Self-centeredness. Theft. Being a compulsive liar. Being tied up in the oppression of other people. Systemic injustice. What is it for you? How can you change? What you need is a powerful experience of the grace of God. Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus' heart gets busted so wide open that he begins to offer himself to other people, not only in restitution, but just simply in radical generosity. Giving away half his wealth. Paying back four times whatever he cheated people out of. This isn't payback. This is joy. Joy. Have you ever served someone or given sacrificially to someone? Not because you had to and not because of guilt and not because it makes you a better person, pride, but because of love, but because of joy. Don't you want to be that sort of neighbor here? Don't you want to be that sort of friend in community here? Grace does that. Jesus does that, makes us overflowingly sacrificial and generous in the lives of other people, because that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Most especially on the cross where he gave his life and poured himself out. Not because we came chasing after him, but because he came chasing after us. Where he invited himself in, even when we were running away. Even when we were shutting the door and saying, no guests allowed. He said, I must make my home with you. And this is how much I love you. Dying for you. Living for you. You see the way in which Jesus took on the bad reputation of Zacchaeus, right? Right? Jesus loves him and immediately he starts to suffer criticism from other people because not the bad things he did, but because of the bad things that Zacchaeus did. That's the way the cross works. Jesus taking all of your crimes, all of your lovelessness, all of your self-centeredness, what the Bible calls sin, takes it upon Himself, and He says, it is paid in full. Your sins are canceled. You are my son. Do you want to be my daughter? Jesus is coming home. Do you know Him in this way? Have you heard His pronouncements Upon you as Zacchaeus did that day. Today, salvation has come to this house. Have you heard that from this surprising friend, this Savior? Do you want to hear that? Maybe even today. Perhaps today is a day of salvation for you. May salvation come down upon this house. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for surprising us. The way you work, it's not how we work. The way you love, it's not how we love. The way you befriend, it's not how we befriend people. That's the story of your good news. We give you all praise that you are who you are. And now we're asking for more of your spirit to receive you for who you are. Work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.